Hi, everybody. I'm on with R.D. Musser III. What a name, man. I got a pretty good name, but yours is the best. <laughs> but I go by Dan, so there you go. <laughs> You're a great guy, and thank you for doing this interview. Dan Musser, everybody, is the president of, the, of Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island. And I've had the pleasure of being both a client and a fan of Grand Hotel. And we're going to talk for a few minutes about what makes your place so special and, and why people need to make sure that they get a family up there at least once a, once a season. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. Thank you. Great. So uh, tell us a little bit about your background. You, you, you have deep, deep Michigan roots, uh, as does your wife. Uh, tell us how you got into this scenario that, that you would be the president of one of the largest summer hotels in the world. Maybe the largest, yeah? Well, we, we keep saying that. No one disputes it, so I, I suspect it's true. Um, I worked here every summer of my life, as um, <clears throat> my, my children are too. I guess owning and operating a seasonal, summer seasonal place, that's what you do. Right. Maybe a little bit like a farmer. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, growing up, I, there was a certain point I thought, geez, I always liked it, uh, but I thought, this is a crazy business. You know, we have funny hours where we uh, work until late at night. We get up early to get breakfast going. Uh, we maybe scoot out for a little bit in the afternoon. But, uh, and so I spent one summer at the Board of Trade in Chicago as a runner. And uh, thinking this, because I've always liked, I always liked, and I still do like numbers and relatively good at all that. But um, I thought, you know, that th this might be an opportunity or something else to look into. And I realized pretty quickly that, no, I really like, I like what we do. I like the fact that we have a diverse workforce with uh, individuals that have great um, stories and skill sets that probably, you know, certainly until... I grew up, I didn't really experience, and we have a great uh, and wide berth of uh, guests that come to us every year from um, different conventions to social guests to families to individuals, and um, all of that I realized pretty quickly after one summer at the Board of Trade realizing every business is weird. If you want to do it well, you're going to spend some time doing it, and I'd rather do something that I enjoy, and I enjoy this, so... I switched gears um, uh, my senior year in college and uh, focused on the hotel and started the day after I graduated uh, from Albion College, which is a good Methodist, uh, uh, non-alcohol, you know, uh, uh, heritage, uh, and I took over our bars. <laughs> well, whatever the work calls for, right? Exactly. Your bio says that you did everything at the at the hotel on the way up. You served as kitchen assistant, bellman, bartender, bar manager, front desk clerk, front desk manager, reservations manager, vice president. I assume that's important to knowing the work and being know uh, knowing how to hire and what each department needs moving forward. Yeah, no question about it. I've always felt uh, you know the, the one department I I I will I never worked in the stable. And uh, I'm, I'm glad, to, I'm proud to say my uh, second oldest daughter is now in the stable. So we, I have a, some, a connection there, but no, I've worked in every department. I think that was very beneficial to me growing up and, and, uh, and growing into this role in uh, what I try to do every day, running the hotel. Uh, but I've always felt that the, ho the, the hotel, the front desk is kind of the, the nerve center of, of our place in any hotel. And 
figuring that out and uh, deciphering, um, uh, you know, we have three, we'll, we will have 397 rooms this year, all appointed differently, um, decorated differently, and trying to find out, you know, trying to assign each of those rooms, the guests that we think will enjoy those and appreciate them and make them happy is a, just, it's like a great jigsaw puzzle every day. And I I just kind of, I fell in love with the business when I took over that job. I marvel at that because most hotels want to keep it simple. There may be yes. two or three yeah. different types of floor plans in any given hotel. Um, and yet yours, I, I, I don't want this to, people watching to miss that. What he just said, everybody, he has 390. Uh, Seven. Three, so well, we will have three nights. <laughs> and each room in the hotel is decorated differently. No two rooms are the same. This is a remarkable statistic. You don't hear this about any hotel anywhere. And so he's not kidding when he talks about this jigsaw puzzle of, of getting people happy. Um, you know, I love the, uh, the tradition. You've mentioned the front desk. You mentioned how every room is def decorated differently. And... Um, this idea of tradition versus relevance, you know, they're often viewed as uh, opponents in the game of life. You know, how could you have both? And yet yeah. you do, you maintain both. Um, in an age where, I'm going to open a couple cans of worms here, Dan. In an age where all of the other large summer hotels have perished or closed or somehow gone out of business, yours not only continues to thrive, not only survives, but thrives. And yet you maintain uh, some very quaint customs, real hotel keys in your hotel, not key cards. I mean, that's a trip. When I, when I first well, saw that. I, I, I just thought, saw our head of maintenance and he, he, would, he would like me to switch to the cards. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but, but you're I, holding out, why? I am, well, I, I just, I think there is something, uh, fortunately, you know, on an island that has no cars, and the fact that we are on an island, we have different security requirements than a big city hotel does, or even, you know, a motel in any suburb uh, might have. And so we don't have that requirement per se. Um, it might be someday we have to do the cards, but I like the keys. I like the tech. I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that reads the newspaper. While I still get it online, I still get the paper and read it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You're about to say uh, you're tactile, and I think that that's one of the that's one of the Venn, you know, uh, the Venn diagram. You're a numbers guy. It was named after the mathematician John Venn. Yes, oh, that's right. Yes. Thing. It's just nobody knows his first name. We just call it the Venn diagram, like he's Madonna. You know, he had only had one name. But when you overlap the two circles, one of the things that's in the middle, uh, I think, is this uh, this sweet spot of tact tactility you were mentioning that you were about to say you're a tactile person as am i and we've lost that in the hospitality business so much of it now is electronic and uh, and automatic and systematic and your hotel although it has its systems is still a very tactile environment much like the island is you know no motorized vehicles uh, for those of you that haven't been to Mackinac Island, it is a magical place. And I do not use that term magical lightly. You have to ferry across on a boat. Uh, the, the porters load your luggage across. You take your time on this trip too. And if you miss the ferry, you wait for the next one. And you stay in, in one of the Mackinac City or what is it on the other side? 
Uh, San Diego's, yes. Yeah, and you eat some chocolate fudge and you hang out and you're in casual mode, man. There's nothing to rush this process. It's, it's part of the preamble to actually being on the island, which is, which is not a rushed feeling at all. It's a very tactile experience. And when you get off the boat, you're greeted by a horse-drawn carriage that's going to load up your luggage. And believe me, those horses are tactile as well. <laughs> it is a very unique environment. And everybody I know that's gone for the first time says the same thing. It's, a, it's such a remarkable value proposition. Back to the traditions. Jacket and tie in the dining room in the evening. Correct? Correct. Uh, you know, and, and years ago, my father always said, or said uh, that, you know, it doesn't cost us a dime to make guests gentlemen put a coat and tie on after six o'clock at night and yet it, it changes the atmosphere and feeling of the main down here and the, ho the, the hotel and and i feel not in a stuffy way but kind of in a celebratory happy way oh for and, sure and i and i think well not for everyone obviously um there is a niche out there that that enjoys and likes it and and i'm always warm particularly this time of year when i see christmas cards coming to us of families that have their picture taken on the front porch of Grand Hotel, our hotel, with their coat and ties on, and then uh, the father with their sons and daughters and their dresses. And, um, so I think there is a, a niche for that. It's, like I said, it's not for everyone, but it seems to work for us. I think the Catholic schools and some, some workforces figured out that people are actually on better behavior when they're in some sort of a uniform or they're dressed yeah. up. Women have done this forever. Men, we're more like uh, Neanderthals, you know, we don't quite understand that by putting on nice clothes, it actually put us in a better mood or uh, put us in a better frame of mind. Um, and so what happens, I think, is a lot of the women kind of pressure their husbands, you know, it wouldn't kill you to wear a tie once in a while, and this is the once in a while we're going to go to the Mackinac Hotel. And I think the guys do get it. It might take them a couple of hours to adjust to the new climate, but they eventually get it. And you just feel... I, mark, I remarked the last time I was there that, that people actually slow down to walk through your lobby and, and through the main dining room because everything, everything changes when you're dressed up like that and when you're in that kind of an environment. The fresh flowers, uh, the nice touches, uh, the ornamentation, the photographs in the hallway. You've got like a hall of fame, particularly Michigan celebrities, but famous people from all over the world, U.S. presidents have all visited the Grand Hotel. It's a, it's a magnificent list. Do you have a favorite celebrity guest? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess every guest is a celebrity, right? But, yeah. uh, um, you know, I, I, I was 16 years old when Summer in Time was filled here, filmed at Grand Hotel. And uh, Jane Seymour was and still is a heartthrob to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, she's always a very special guest when she comes. But, you know, we're fortunate to be a little bit of the, you know, the, the summer political hotbed in Michigan anyway, and the Great Lakes with the uh, Detroit Regional Chamber of Commerce annual policy conference that they have here just before Memorial Day weekend, um, which has really become the, the, actually nothing else like it in the country, um, of policy conference uh, with CEOs, um, um, you know, uh, uh, do-gooders, every group, every, every faction of the Great Lakes is here, uh, along with a national presence, with uh, folks running for president, 
folks that hope to be senators or congressmen. And, and so that whole world, too, was very interesting to me. I, I like politics, and I, I'm interested in it, so I enjoy um, interacting with all that and serve, serving those guests. It's fantastic. And speaking of that front porch where people come out to take photographs, uh, for the longest time, anybody that visited Mackinac Island uh, would go to the Grand, to Grand Hotel because this is like the, uh, the essence of the, of the entire island, right? Uh, maybe some other merchants would beg to differ, but it's the crown well, jewel. Yeah. <laughs> it's the crown jewel, man. And, uh, and recently, I don't know what year it was, but you started to charge a fee for a walk, uh, just merely, it sounds bad to say it like this, but I, I will, I'm going to cover my backside here in a minute, a fee just to step onto the porch at the Grand Hotel. What's the story behind that? Well, um, my dad came up with the idea, and he put me in charge of it, and I was in high school, so it must have been 1984 that we started it. Um, and really, it, it, it totally became, it, it started because we wanted to limit the number of non-guests in the hotel. Uh, not that we don't appreciate and we value the day visitors, but it changes the it changed the experience for the overnight guests so much that it was in that it was taking away from their experience that we had to do something. And so yeah. we started originally two dollars, and now we we charge ten dollars. Now we we do apply that to our lunch and buffet, but it does limit the numbers. But before that, we would have as many as five thousand non guests in our parlor every day. And, and for example, our, our tea service that we do every afternoon, which is a kind of, you know, an elegant, nice affair was real, literally a line out the door um, to, to get to the tea. And it just, it took away from the experience. It took away from just functioning, uh, getting guests getting around, us getting around. And so we started the charge and we apply that towards the lunch of buffet, which a lot of guests will take advantage of that. Um, and I think for the most part, it's been well-received, um, certainly by overnight guests. Obviously, some day visitors are upset they cannot just freely walk on our property. Uh, but we do have the, the, the tea garden available to non-guests, as well as the uh, golf course and other areas. So there are, you, you can certainly see the hotel without paying the charge. But I think it's been overall a, a good thing and, and well-received. Well, it's worth it too. I mean, uh, lots of photo opportunities cost money. Photos with famous people, like the, some of the ones we just talked about, cost money at certain venues. Oh, sure, sure. How, yeah. how many people pay $10 to walk on the porch in the summertime per day? Well, uh, a, a good number, a good number. <laughs> <laughs> More than used to pay it before 1984. I think yes. it's fantastic. I think it's a, a, just another value proposition and people can decide to, to not come up. But if you're bothering to make the trip, man, you're going you're gonna to ante up and do it. It's just such a fun thing. So oh, I of, think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so much of marketing is about uh, perceived value or the value proposition, whether it's uh, the $10 tour of the front porch and, 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 uh, and stay for a lunch or actually staying at the hotel and experiencing the view and the, that slower lifestyle from years gone past. Mm -hmm. But this is also a challenging environment. Most hotels have a huge marketing uh, machine working for them, uh, whether it be Marriott or Sheridan or Hilton. Um, and, and, and yet you guys are like a standalone. Maybe you've got, maybe you participate in some programs, but uh, you've got to kind of make up your own game as you go, don't you? 
Uh, pretty much. I mean, yes, we do participate in Historic Hotel Group and a few others, but no, we're we're a independent and proudly so, yeah. uh, which has benefits and drawbacks. Uh, we don't have, you know, the million plus um, uh, awards members that's uh, uh, stable, you know, a, a Sheridan or a, a Marriott or Hilton might have. Um, but we also have a very loyal base of customers that uh, know us and like us and fortunately become our best advertisers you know you could have and so we we work hard on that we work really really hard on getting our first guest here and generally if we can get you here we get we got you uh, yeah. maybe not every year but every other year or, or you know some kind of cycle yeah. and uh, that's been our experience and keep working on it there are other challenges. There used to be, uh, I don't know, I saw a map one time of how many large wooden seasonal hotels that were in the United States. There, uh -huh. Was it a, a couple dozen at one time? How, how did that go? Oh, anyway, anyway. I mean, there was, uh, and a lot chose to close down at during the Second World War, and a lot of those did not reopen. Um, you know, our biggest challenge is being the world's largest summer hotel is seasonal staff. Uh, we, we closed down at the end of October. And so half of our staff are foreign nationals uh, that every year we have to go to the United States government and prove that there are not Americans willing and able to do the work. Um, and then we can bring in foreign nationals to augment the 300 plus Americans that we do hire to complement our, our overall staff about 700 when we get fully open. Um, and so that, that's a huge challenge for a seasonal place like us. Um, and we're, we're probably the poster child or extreme of uh, seasonal spots. There's still wonderful places left in, the, in, in America. Basin Harbor Club in, in, uh, in Vermont is a seasonal spot. Uh, there's a place in Brain, just, just outside of Brainerd, Minnesota, the Madigan's Resort. So there's other seasonal places like us, but we're we're the largest <laughs> and biggest of what we do. And anyway, we we enjoy it, and glad our guests do too. More importantly, yeah, and the island environment is really nice as well. So so this this beautiful scenario, this value proposition, is not without its challenges. Three hundred ninety-seven rooms, seven hundred employees. You said you were a number person. You have any other numbers that make people's eyebrows go up? Uh, well, um, well over a million, uh, million linear feet of uh, Michigan white pine originally built Grand Hotel. Now, I think since then, we've replaced that with drywall and laminate and <laughs> steel and all those other things. Um, but that's an interesting story, too. The hotel was built very, very quickly one summer, yeah? And everything, there was nothing on the island. They had to bring everything much one over. winter. Yeah. Um, it was uh, the foundation was built um, in the in the fall of 1886, and then the uh, lumber was milled in Sheboygan, Michigan, that winter, and brought over on the ice from Sheboygan to Mackinac in the springtime, where our tennis courts are now. A tent city was built for 400 carpenters, which I don't know if you could find 400 car carpenters today at any one place anywhere in our country, but. Anyway, they had 400 carpenters working from probably, I'm guessing, mid-April, we, we think. And then they opened on July 10th. And they put this thing together 
uh, pretty much as you see it. Now we've added two wings and we've added a floor on the top and other things, but uh, finished out certain public spaces. But for the most part, the, the, the facade that you see was built in 90 days or less in the spring and uh, early, early summer of 1887. Which is fascinating because uh, it may be safe to say we'd never see a building like this be constructed again, let alone in 90 days or less. It, it's Probably an not. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> We're a unique deal, and, and luckily, but uh, yeah, if, if you know, I've always thought, boy, if I could, you know, go turn back the, the time dial and redo it, I would obviously all have rooms that face the lake, and yeah. it would be much bigger, and <laughs> all those things, but. Uh, uh, yeah, you, you probably, this is a unique thing. Well, uh, it's a special place. Uh, I wanted to talk to you. Uh, I'm with Dan Musser, by the way, everybody. Uh, grandhotel.com for information. You need to book ahead. This is a very popular place. And, uh, and you want to, you, if you have a special occasion like anniversaries or birthdays or just special events in your family, bring the whole family up. It is the, you'll never experience anything else like it. I promise you that. Tell us about the name, this, uh, the word the in front of Grand Hotel. What's the story there? Sometimes I hear it, sometimes I don't. Uh, we've always said just Grand Hotel. It's no yeah. the, it's just Grand Hotel. <laughs> but I hear other people say the Grand a lot. and it's just uh, They do, but you'll never see it in our publications or anything that we do. And we've Very always good. been, we're Grand Hotel. Yes, you are. And the truth, <laughs> truth in advertising, for sure, it is a grand, grand place, everybody. So thank you, Dan, very much for being on the podcast with me. I appreciate you. And of course, we hope to see you soon. Likewise. Thank you for including me. Thank you.